This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What you resist persists. So if there is something in your partner that you wish could be different or change, you've got to ask yourself, if they don't change this, can you accept them as they are? I could be having the same words come out of my mouth, but if who I'm being is defensive, if I'm aggressive, if I'm upset, that's going to have me say the same words in a way different tone than if I'm being connected, loving, and happy. Dear young married couple, You're in a busy season of your life. You're probably working and involved in ministry. On top of that, you might even be parents or students. You're maxed, but you really want to stay connected in your marriage. And that's why we're bringing this podcast to you. I'm Adam King. And I'm Carissa King. And we work with busy couples just like you in our counseling office here in Sacramento, California. We also work with couples all over the world through online counseling, And our couples are really just looking for ways to communicate with each other more effectively. Some of them are looking to heal from a breach in trust or find direction in fulfilling the purpose that God has for them. So come and join us as we have a conversation. We'll talk with therapists, authors, pastors, and other couples who will pour into us, giving us tools to become more intimately connected, get adventurous, and find purpose. Welcome to the Dear Young Married Couple podcast. Today, we're going to be interviewing our guests about what every couple needs to know about feedback as opposed to criticism. And we are honored to have Aaron and Jocelyn Freeman with us today. Welcome, guys. Hey, everyone. Hello, Hello, young married couples. Thanks for having us. (laughs) We're honored to have you on the podcast. So for those who don't know Aaron and Jocelyn, they are relationship coaches and authors. Um, They have one book out and another book coming out soon. And um, they have a company called the Empowered Couples University. So um, we're excited. You guys have um, recommended this topic, the topic of feedback versus criticism. So we're going to jump right in. So help us understand, I guess, just the difference. I think that this happens a lot. Of course, in counseling, I see people giving feedback, but it feels to the other person like criticism. So help us to understand maybe the difference and then maybe the trap that we fall into. And Mm -hmm. I'm sure that you guys have really thought about this. Yeah. So let's start maybe with definitions of each. Well, first off, it's important to say that if you feel like you're experiencing more criticism or feedback during quarantine, you're not alone. Just the nature of how much you're together, it's going to feel like there's even more potency to how much you're yeah. getting feedback from each other. So you're not alone. And one way I describe the difference, and I'm sure Aaron has another way, is 
feedback, when it truly is feedback and it's delivered in the best way, which we'll share more about that, mm -hmm. the intention behind the words is to help the partner grow or get better or you just become an even better version of themselves. Criticism, the intention behind it is usually, I want to in some way hurt you a little bit. Mm. You might not be consciously thinking that, but it's a defense mechanism. And it's just like, I just want to say this to kind of jab you to maybe get you to pay attention to me or because I'm not feeling good. I don't want you to be feeling good right now. So it's the, that's a big difference in the intention behind the words. What's another difference? You hit on it really well. So the very short version is feedback is intentional to support and grow. Mm. Criticism is usually unintentional and tears down. Yeah. And even more so to what Jocelyn was saying, it just happens more so by default, the criticism. Mm -hmm. And it is unfortunate, we were talking about this yesterday as well, when you don't feel good, what's easy to do in a relationship is say, you did this, you said this, your face looked like that, I know what that meant, and now I feel bad. So you are at fault for me feeling bad. Mm -hmm. And in those moments, you have to even acknowledge your own ego for a second because it is here to have you survive, which thanks ego. I want, I want to survive <laughs> in that true. moment. It's like feeling bad is not good for me. And so how do how do I immediately feel better for myself? Well, the easiest thing, unfortunately is to put another person down. Yeah. Yeah. If the they are lowered, I get to feel raised. Now in reality, you're not any better. You just pushed them down. So what we like to say is if you could switch from that criticism being unintentional and tearing down to feedback or even raising yourself up, can you, do you have the tools to raise your own energy, which can then raise the energy of the entire relationship, right? The rising tide raises all boats. I'd also add one more thing I thought of um, before your next question is when it feels like criticism, because you mentioned in sessions, like a partner can be like, no, I'm just trying to give you feedback. This is just feedback. <laughs> and to the other person, it feels like criticism. What's missing is permission. And so That's it can it. feel like criticism if they didn't give their yes to hearing it. So and Jocelyn, so can you share with us kind of an approach for getting permission? Give us a stem. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think for what we say to each other all the time is something like, hey, I'm noticing something or something came up for me about me watching you or listening to you. Is it okay if I share it? Okay. So purely just asking if you can share it or if now is a good time. Because sometimes it's also just the time that you choose to give it to them. Sure. And so what if it's not the right time? What would be a gentle way and responsible way of saying, no, I don't, I don't accept that invitation? Yeah, such a great question. And it's just to say when would be a good time? Because too often it's, no, not, not as, now is not a good time. And so the other partner's left with, well, when do I get to share? Do I never get to share? Or you're always blowing me off. And so that could be a feeling that one partner has. So if for me, if Jocelyn says, hey, is now a good time? And I say, no, not right now, but I'll be done with this in like 15 minutes. That would be a good time. Or how about in our weekly family meeting checkup on Sundays, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. rather than just say, no, it's not, when would be a good time? Let your partner know that, you know, you still are open to that. You want to have that conversation. So that still furthers the conversation rather than it feeling like it's just dead. Because isn't there a danger in just shutting it down? Because mm -hmm. it kind of leaves that person with that bad feeling inside of them of like, wait, 
I have this to share, but you're not allowing me to. And then it just kind of festers, you know? Yeah. You don't want there to be unspoken communications, things that are having to be withheld and you know, that only builds up resentment. And so absolutely there's gotta be a space within your relationship where, you know, you're wanting to build each other up, not tear each other down and give each other the space to share it. Now, if your partner does share the feedback and it doesn't resonate, don't reject what they're saying. Just acknowledge what I'm hearing you say is this okay, got it. You don't have to agree, disagree that, you know, say I'm going to do that differently or not just hear their communication. Right. Mm, that's a good tip. I like that. Cause I think so often people get wrapped up in, you know, if I, if I let them share, then they're winning because that means I have to agree and you don't have to agree. You both win. If, if you're actively listening and the other person's being heard, you know, you're connecting. So you're as a team, you're both winning. And to your point, it's great to share that ahead of time. So actually start with what your positive intent is to sharing the feedback. Okay. Hey, I heard, I heard on the podcast that there was a, a way for you to maybe even be better. My intent is that our podcast is super clear. It's super fun. It's entertaining and it grows out there. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay. So if there's a way I can do that, I'm in for that. Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden, it's the feedback, again, goes back to the definition of being there to support and build up. So let them know ahead of time that why you want to share that is for sure to build you both up as a team. That's awesome. So good. I find that when I'm working with couples, there are, of course, different levels of um, attentiveness. Mm-hmm. So when someone has pretty good rapport with each other and they're in that rapport, it's easy to share those things, yeah. right? Mm. But then when, when uh, the walls are up, we're much more sensitive. That mm. same piece of information that could have been said when they were in good rapport really is triggering or puts them in a bad place. Mm. How can they, the person listening, um, kind of bring down those walls a little bit in order to hear the person? Because... Maybe their intent isn't to hurt, but they have those walls up, right? And it's hard to hear that good intent through those walls. Yeah. I'd answer two things come up for me. First one is, are you aligned within yourself? So if you aren't aligned, like in harmony, you know, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, then you will not be in balance. So you are more sensitive to what your partner is saying. So are you taking care of yourself? Are you meditating? Are you praying? Are you doing something for you to be in harmony so that you aren't hypersensitive to what your partner says and does? So that's the one thing we're really noticing right now is people aren't being responsible for taking care of themselves. And that is manifesting as being hypersensitive, uh, feeling unsafe Mm -hmm. in the relationship. So there's that personal responsibility piece. And then the other piece is then within your relationship, if you aren't feeling safe to receive any form of feedback and you feel hyper defensive, why is that? Like really explore, was there something in your relationship that was said or done in the recent past that made you no longer feel like you can be vulnerable or that you can make a mistake? or that your partner giving you feedback doesn't mean they're rejecting you, you know? So just what, what's happened in the relationship where that environment changed. Excellent. Yeah. One thing it also makes me feel, and I'm kind of going on the opposite side here is 
just an over delivering of whether criticism or feedback can feel as if your partner wants you to be different. Man, it's like every day you're sharing something else with me. It's just like, what, and the way I, I am, is that, right. is that just not enough for you or, or what? Sure. That's yeah. a common feeling, actually. Definitely. That's, and often it's attached to the word nagging, right? Yeah, True, never yeah. enough. I never, I, I can never do anything right. I hear that a lot, actually. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you guys ever experience that in your relationship? Hmm. In our relationship? I think there have been times. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it generally had to do when, uh, because, you know, when two people come together, we have strengths and we have weaknesses. Krista has, okay, just for to pick one instance, actually, this came up for us yesterday, um, where Krista uh, is extremely organized. She uses the calendar diligently. I use the calendar to schedule clients <laughs> 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 and like check, oh, what are we doing on the weekend? But I don't use it to schedule myself to work on projects. I kind of like, oh, I'm in my creative mode right now. So I'm going to do something creative. I'm going to create something. I'm going to write copy. I'm going to do something like that. Chris, on the other hand, <laughs> she like schedules what she's going to do. And sometimes I find that can very confining. So we had to come together just yesterday and talking about, hmm, because I could have easily taken her words as being... Because I was sharing some of the things I've learned over the week. Mm -hmm. And she was saying, and she wasn't able to receive it, receive very, well. it very well. Yeah. Because I had scheduled, well, actually we had scheduled, you know, <laughs> that we were going to work on this particular project at this mm -hmm. particular time. And, <laughs> and um, she was going bottom up with the project yeah. of like, okay, this is where the tire meets the road. But I, I've been studying for the last week on a, in a program right now that, that's really big enlightening picture. big yeah. picture of like, but how does, how do these tires connect to the frame of the car and where right. are we going in the car? And I'm like, but we got to get this order in tomorrow, yeah. <laughs> you know? So yeah, for sure. We had to receive each other's feedback, um, well, mm -hmm. and, and to not register it as criticism, especially because this particular issue about the calendar and our differences in using the calendar has come up quite a bit. Um, like, like you were saying, Aaron, that, you know, if it, if it's a repeated pattern, if it comes up often, it can feel overwhelming. Like, the, like there's a need for a change. And I think in this case, we, we did want some change. We wanted some right. adjustments. Right. And we knew because it was causing a little bit of conflict or we weren't comfortable in that situation. Mm -hmm. um, we were able to both sit down and say, how could we both change? I think she mm -hmm. understands that um, I have, I have to connect the smaller project to the grander picture mm -hmm. because that's just the way my brain works. But she needs to know going into talking or having this conversation together that I intend to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so it was a good outcome. So, yeah. Good question. Uh, so kind of to flip the question, one thing we really value about you guys is that you're really transparent about, you know, when you guys have a conflict and you learn something from that, you share that with your audience. Mm -hmm. And so could you guys share with us how this plays out in your relationship? Oh, mm -hmm. for sure. I mean, we work, live together, everything. So there's more off, more opportunities for feedback or what can feel like criticism or something there. Well, I was going to mention that because for those of us, like yourselves and us that are in business together, then there is a different dynamic as well, right? So there, there do tend to be things that, hey, 
if you changed the amount that you put the things in the calendar and kept to it, that would have the business be a little more effective, right? right. So there is, there is that. And I think for maybe other young married couples that aren't in business together, you might not have that type of dynamic. So mm -hmm. for one thing that I did notice, going back to if it feels like they're always trying to change you, isn't that a funny thing? Mm -hmm. It's like we all got into a relationship and we were drawn to the things that were different. Yes. Mm -hmm. The things that either you didn't embody, you were attracted to because you saw that as like, oh, I want to embody that more as well. But then a partner also adds to the wholeness, right? The traits that they have. And that's usually right. what the attraction is. And that sometimes all those things that attracted you are not all the things you want to change in them. <laughs> so, They're also a trigger. Yeah, <laughs> totally, totally. So I just, I just wanted to share that there is a time I think that you can say, Hey, I would really like for this to be a season, like a week where we don't give not only any criticism, but any feedback. Like I'm actually not looking, mm. I don't need to grow this week. I, I, I would okay. like to feel more accepted. I like to just feel, you know, more flow with you. So I think it's okay to ask, Hey, let's just have a season where you don't give any feedback, right? Yeah. Okay. Even yeah. being the positive thing. Yeah. And then the other thing I wanted to just share was we were talking to a couple on a coaching call last night and we said, catch yourself. If you're giving, let's say criticism, can you follow each criticism up with something you're grateful for? Oh. So at, at least, at least follow it up. If you let something slip, follow it mm -hmm. up with something that you do appreciate about them so that you're at least having an equal balance in those nice. times of a feedback criticism, but also, you know what, actually really acknowledge the mm -hmm. progress that you've made and mm -hmm. as far as we've come together. And I, I love all those points. And then into your question, how this manifests in our relationship is if we don't get on the same page before we do something, like we don't set an intention mm -hmm. or get clear on how this is going to go. And we both walk in with our own expectations. Mm -hmm. then that's like, well, why'd you do it that way? Like that, that's, that didn't make sense to me, you yes. know, based on my reality and what I saw. So I really notice it's like, if we have a meeting together and we don't, we're not on the same page about it or our live show coming up here in a couple hours. Yeah. We've, mm -hmm. Like if we are planning content for a show, <laughs> but we're, we didn't set the intention to like really listen to each other openly yeah. and we can kind of be more like, no, I don't like the way you wrote that. I think this way. So uh -huh. it really helps to create intentions and get on the same page ahead of time. That's good. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that. It's funny because just like you're saying, you know, I don't like the way you wrote that. Like <laughs> when I'm in my creative brain, I'm like, I'm super, <laughs> I said the other word that I said that like the word, I use the word slippery, like, cause I'm like, okay, yeah, we don't have to do that. And I have more questions than I do answers. And Chris is like, okay, we're, we need statements, statements, we need decisions. like make a decision. <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's like you're saying, understanding coming together and understanding, okay, this is our intention and we could utilize those strengths of where do the tires meet the road and all those things. But we have to, I think, go into it, honoring each other's strengths. Yeah, it's wow. good. And, and I love how you said a, a second ago, um, you're talking about acknowledging someone's effort. Mm. I think that's massive because if it's always a criticism or even feedback mm. and never the acknowledgement of someone's effort, it is always going to feel in that negative space because yeah. even feedback is kind of 
I hate to say it, it's kind of negative because you have to kind of put your big boy pants on and go like, okay, I take that and I'm going to work on that, mm-hmm. you know, but it isn't comfortable. But if mm, it's always that, then mm-hmm. it, it is harder to, yeah. to accept. You bring up such a good point. Like we can, we can be quick to give the feedback and not and forget to give the positive mm-hmm. acknowledgement. You're yeah. so right on that. Mm-hmm. It goes back to Gottman, I think. Remember Gottman's, uh, I think it's, what is it? The one to four ratio mm-hmm. or one to five? One to five, yeah. One to five, where he says there should be one positive, I'm sorry, five positive interactions for every one negative interaction mm-hmm. for a positive or a very good, healthy, healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. To stay connected. Yeah. I'm- and even if it is you know, feedback, there should be the five positive acknowledgements of the effort and the things you appreciate. <laughs> That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think is great because that couples not only with his principle of bids, right. And like mm-hmm. love tank, which also like Harville Hendricks talks about as well. Mm-hmm. But that's another thing going back to an earlier point you made, Adam, is that the feedback can be taken more significantly or more personally when you have a low tank, right? A yes. low tank. And you get a low tank by having lots of criticisms. And as you said, even lots of feedback, because that seems like, you know, a certain level of having to change or you don't accept me the way that I am. So mm-hmm. when that tank is lower, all of a sudden these conversations, even for a positive feedback, seem more yeah. personal, more significant. So that would be a place for those listening just to say, if the comments that we've been giving to each other feel more significant, then let's look at the flip side and let's see how we can use more bids to grow our emotional connection. I was also, I love the word acceptance that I heard uh, both of you mention. I was actually giving some like voice memo coaching to a previous (laughs) client this morning who needed just like a little performance tweak. You know, you have those, those mornings. And one of the things that was happening was they were just perpetually resisting this one thing that they've asked their partner to work on. Mm. And so they were just, they had not only given the feedback once, but they were giving it mm. over and over and over again. And two things were missing. One, this other partner hasn't agreed to saying, I want to work on that. Mm-hmm. And so you can't keep giving the feedback because it keeps bothering you. If your partner hasn't said, you're right, I want to work on that. Mm-hmm. That's going to feel like you're getting criticized over and over again. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I gave feedback to them, not feedback, to them on, (laughs) they wanted some coaching on it, right, was what you resist persists. So Mm -hmm. if there is something in your partner that you wish could be different or change, you've got to ask yourself, if they don't change this, can you accept them as they are? Hmm. You know, if this is something that they maybe just, they aren't interested in shifting right now. Can you Mm. accept them as they are, Mm. which is what we ultimately want from our partner. Now, it doesn't mean like tolerate everything about them or like, what if it's really negative, but just acceptance is really powerful. Hey friends, we'll be right back to our interview, but one quick note, if you love what you're listening to, you might also enjoy going through our card decks that we designed to help couples stay connected and in each other's world. So there's Foundations, which is our starter deck, and it's all about boosting your communication skills. And then there's Sexpectations, which is all about spicing up your intimate connection. And then there's Realizations, which is a deck for all couples, but especially dating or engaged couples who want to see how well they really know each other. 
So grab a deck or two or three by heading over to our website, dearyoungmarriedcouple.com slash cards. All right, back to the show. Yeah, that's so good. It really is. Kind of switching gears and rewinding back to an earlier conversation in the podcast. Um, you talked about, you know, if I think it was you, Jocelyn, who said if if you are having a hard time receiving feedback and you're resisting that change in yourself, you know, examine that and figure out why, you know, and was there something that happened in the relationship that made you so resistant to change? Mm. And um, so I wanted to know if you could speak to, because a lot of our couples are in a situation where there's a breach in the relationship. Um, there's either an affair or there's been a breach in terms of pornography, um, money, money, like lying, cheating that has gone on. And so they're working on healing from that. And so often in that healing process, the person who broke trust, um, you know, will have a a point in the relationship where they want to start sharing some feedback. Mm-hmm. And usually they're, they're really careful about how they do that mm-hmm. because they know they need to be careful, but their spouse is still so resistant because they don't think that they're, they're in a position to need any feedback or they don't deserve to get any feedback at this point. You know, mm-hmm. how would you coach someone in those shoes? Yeah. Hmm. Well, I, I would put it kind of a few different ways, but one would be like, are you winning anything by being right? Like mm-hmm. if you are so committed to like, know my perspectives, right. The way I'm doing it is right. Like, what do you actually win if it means losing your partner? Right. or being disconnected from your partner. You don't. And so that Aaron mentioned the word ego earlier on. Because uh, I know you like that one recently. Yeah, like <laughs> I, I, I've been doing a lot of work on on my ego, which a lot of people think ego is like just pride, but e- the ego is that part of us being human beings mm-hmm. wants to be right. And uh, that's the main thing, right? So yeah. the ego is there to like, it's also part of your personality. And so you've got to like, check, is this my ego so committed to being right right now? Or am I more committed to partnership and to creating a win-win solution? And so when, whenever we feel like our egos are starting to talk to each other, we pause and just go, what would be a win-win solution right now? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's good. And I think for somebody who is in a mental space where they can see themselves as teammates and on equal ground um, to where, you know, we're looking for a win-win. Um, but I think for maybe for somebody who um, does think that they need to be in the winning position right now because, you know, their spouse has broken trust. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say to that partner? Cause I think mm-hmm. the, what you were saying maybe could be for both partners, but mainly for that partner who broke trust Um, but for the spouse who, you know, had the trust broken on them, um, what would you say to them about receiving feedback? Absolutely. The first thing it makes me think of is, is there anything left for that partner to be heard and understood about? Is there still a pain that they have not yet felt understood about? Yeah. Because if not, then I, that's where I feel that kind of tension, like, like they can't move on. Right. And Mm -hmm. typically that's because the impact that the action had on the other partner still had yet not been fully acknowledged. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing I would ask about, but then even then going further, that's really why we came up with the couple's vision statement. Okay. And it's not a conceptual thing. It's actually a very clear step-by-step process that identifies what the relationship is about, mm. what it represents. And the reason that's powerful is 
a deeper concept called identification. So if you're stuck in this place where you don't think you need to change or your partner's not in the position, your ego, which is really just a personality, is stuck at a lower level of identification, meaning just your, your person. Mm-hmm. But you can raise your ego to identify with higher levels of identification, i.e. your relationship. Your right. ego can identify as a relationship, not just as an individual person. So mm-hmm. creating a statement about what the relationship represents would allow you to say, is what I'm doing and saying and acting and being, is that serving the betterment of the relationship? which mm-hmm. I have a statement about, like what, mm-hmm. what we're here for. Yeah. Yeah. So I would, I would just, you know, have that person start to look at what do you want the relationship to be about? Mm-hmm. Obviously, you need to recreate the relationship. So yeah. create what you want and you invite your partner into that where all of a sudden you get to see your individual talents and roles and actions so that you further that vision together. That's so good. Excellent. I love it. Yes. I love that's one of our tactics for when we're gridlocked with a couple mm-hmm. um, that, and this is what you're saying is we, we don't just stay who's right, who's wrong. We stay in like on that very bottom level, but we kind of go up and say, okay, more at the level of what, what values are, are being held here. Like mm-hmm. what is the value? And, and you're saying, okay, in your life, what is the value of, that you have around relationship? Mm-hmm. And are your actions... <clears throat> Are your actions matching that value? Because totally. then when we're when we're sideways with our values, that never feels good. Mm-hmm. And it, it comes Creates out cognitive dissonance. Yeah, it really sure. does. Yeah. One of the kind of going back again, kind of, I guess we're doing that a lot. <laughs> you said something earlier um, that I think is very helpful. And I don't think people realize they do it, but I see this in, in session. But body language is huge when giving feedback. Could you maybe speak to that a little bit? Absolutely. Well, it doesn't help to give feedback when they're on their phone or you're on your phone or you're trying to <laughs> trying to make dinner and multitask, you know, or something like that. So a couple of things. One is you don't want to be like erratic with moving your hands and feel aggressive and pointing finger that that just energetically feels like being attacked. What we also love, this is a subtle difference, but is giving feedback when you're on a walk. Hmm. there's something really powerful. Number one about movement. So you're not just sitting and you kind of just feel in stuck in energy. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you're moving, but you're also side by side moving forward as opposed to being, you know, kind of facing against each other is what Mm -hmm. it can almost feel like a battle when you're standing against someone. And so entrenched. (laughs) going on a walk is really helpful. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. What's the bilateral stimulation? Mm-hmm. Right. I, I always I talk with clients like in, and actually I give a lot of people that advice mm-hmm. of move because um, when we're moving, we're bilaterally stimulate. Like when I get on a very important call, I naturally nobody told me, you know, Adam, you should get up on a very important call and pace around and talk on the phone. <laughs> I just feel like I just do it. Right. Yeah. Yep. And it's the same it's it's me processing right brain left brain mm-hmm. that helps me think through it yeah but so. i love too the stance the body language of being on the same team because you're walking side, yeah, by, side, side by side hand in hand facing 
the enemy rather than facing each other as enemies. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. What, what about tone? Because I hear that from clients sometimes. Like, I just can't. Do you hear her? <laughs> like, sort of thing. Like, that's so, you know, it's hard to nail down. Well, mm-hmm. I, I didn't say, I just said this. Right. Well, the words were okay, yeah. but the tone was not so, they, they weren't able to receive it very well. Mm. So what would, what advice would you give on tone? Yeah, that's a funny one because typically you don't maybe hear yourself the same way <laughs> that the other person does. So personally for me, I think tone is one to always look for yourself. Mm. So that's just got to be a place that you're open to. If someone, if your partner saying, well, it was how you said it, like, cause it's not the words. So mm-hmm. it's just a place to look for yourself on the tone. And, you know, it goes back to, I mean, we all have done like personal development, know that your results come from your actions, but the actions you take are correlated to how you're being, yes. your being, being your internal state, right? Your body sensations, your mm-hmm. emotional state, right. all of those sensations, you do have to look and be honest okay, how was I being? And that's a new uh, term for people. I could be having the same words come out of my mouth, but if who I'm being is defensive, if I'm aggressive, if I'm upset, Mm -hmm. that's going to have me say the same words in a way different tone than if I'm being connected, loving, and happy. Same word is going to come out way different. Mm -hmm. And we all, like you said, we all are intuitive. It's just mm-hmm. how open have we allowed our right brain to be? Right. And, and, you know, all of us can sense a certain energy. And when we say energy, it's, it's how you're being that really does come off. It's your mm-hmm. attitude. I'd also add, this is going a layer deeper, is if you consistently keep hearing your partner's tone of voice and it feels a certain way, check it out if it's reminding you mm-hmm. of being scolded by a parent. Mm, because yep. a lot of times we're perceiving our partner through the lens of the way our parents treated us That's true. and, and people aren't conscious of it, but they're like, why does it trigger me mm. the way that you're talking to me? Mm. It could be reminding you of being scolded by your parent, yep. your, your mom, your dad. And so you're not even fully hearing your partner. You're mm. actually get, being triggered back into the body sensations of being a kid. Yeah. Absolutely. Example of uh, the phone. And your dad say a little bit more uh, like, well, so being, being at Apple, it took us a while to be able to go to Apple and get a new phone and have that be a pleasant experience. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. So for me, uh, having in the past, like just been concerned, like about when I go in, I want to expect what I'm going to pay. And then it seemed like when I go to Apple, there's always <laughs> something else. But I took on like that. I did not research enough to, to, have to set my own expectations. Okay. But to bring the story around, when that would happen to me, I would start to dictate like what size phone Jocelyn could get or different things like that. And, and she ended up telling me later how that felt for her was very much like when she was a younger kid, mm-hmm. her dad always told her like, you know, you can only use the phone this much. You can only get one that's this amount. So even mm-hmm. though I was triggered by my expectations of Apple and money and payment mm-hmm. here, I was then sort of triggering Jocelyn in my tone and my directness about how her dad used to speak to her. Wow. Yeah. Such a good point. I yeah. think um, Harville Hendricks has some good conversations for couples to have around that. Some some stems mm. um, in the Getting the Love You Want book. Oh, yeah. love that. Yeah. 
So yeah, love that insight of, you know, thinking back to where you might be triggered from childhood experiences. Mm -hmm. It's such a common, I think it's more common than people realize. Um, I just recently, I had a, I had a couple and I pointed almost that exact dynamic out, Mm -hmm. but as she became more um, assertive in the relationship, he backed down and she became that mother role. And so she started scolding him like a mother would. And he would almost like the, the rebellious child, um, you know, mm-hmm. push that back. And that's kind of the, and of course these are grown adults, but, but just kind of, they, they reflected on their own childhood and, and those pieces, that dynamic came out very clearly. Mm-hmm. Very oh interesting. Yeah. Um, so a question kind of in switching gears again here. Um, a lot of our couples have kids at home and um, they will often ask the question, like, what is healthy to discuss in front of the kids hmm. and what's not? Mm-hmm. So when it comes to feedback, if the goal is providing feedback, <laughs> is that healthy from your perspective um, to model that in front of the kids? I would say if you're doing it, tr- giving it truly as feedback, you've gotten their permission, you're saying it in a way that's responsible for your tone and your way of being, and you're saying it to truly contribute to their growth. I think for sure saying in front of the kids, because I think it, unfortunately kids aren't exposed to enough modeling of good communication. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I think some people almost shield their kids too much. Again, if you're modeling healthy yes. communication. <laughs> yeah. And so I think it's a way of getting your children prepared for their own feedback they're going to receive mm-hmm. and and really even see, like even if your partner has to like work through the emotion of getting the feedback like there even if we ask each other permission we say it in a calm loving way we still might be confronted by the feedback mm-hmm. yeah. and so to see a parent kind of grapple through that not reactive and defensive and hyper triggered but like okay that's making me uncomfortable. Let me check out why that's making me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be powerful for children to see their mm-hmm. parent work through the uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Here's another thought I just got actually. I can imagine a lot of parents get into the conflict and the kids see it, but that's all the kids then know mm-hmm. because. Let's say you take a pause, you break apart, then typically the couple's going to, you know, if they do have the healthy skills, they will reconnect and they'll repair on their own. So think about that from the kid's perspective. All you ever do is see the parents fight. But what I would say is, yes, if you can model the right skills, you, I think you should have your kids in that, but invite them into the conversation where you repair. So they actually see how you repair from it, so not just it. Yeah. the conflict. Amen. So amen. <laughs> when you were saying that, what came up for me was a vision of my dad. Uh-huh. So I remember because <clears throat> more, more is caught than taught. Mm-hmm. I think parents right. need to remember that. Uh, but I remember being in our van. <laughs> we had a big old van. Uh, yeah. Well, we did have a big van too. And I remember him putting his arm around the, you know, the, the seat, you know, looking back at us as he was like at a stoplight and like, you guys, I just want to tell you, you know, you, me and mom had that, you know, that discussion earlier. And I just wanted to apologize. And he would apologize to us if he got, you know, said something he regretted and it was never outrageous. We're like, dad, we know like, <laughs> at, you know, at one point we're like, oh yeah, 
Totally, Dad. Love you. Love you guys. But that gave us that security knowing if we saw any sort of tension, that they would always resolve it in front of us or explain it or what was happening. And so yeah. we never had that unsettled feeling of like, I oh, wonder what's what you know the status is for mom and dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they always came back and told us, you know, hey, we're we're good. I love her and and so they 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 developed that that nurturing uh, or that re- repair, I yeah. guess. Yeah. So, and the security in that yeah. for kids to know that yeah. their parents are going to be in a healthier state. Beautiful. I wow. love that really story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, question for you guys: Do you have some book recommendations for couples who are looking to brush up on their conflict resolution skills, or as you guys say? Um, to be able to solve conflict faster. Um, can you guys share with us some of those resource recommendations? Well, is that a subtle tee up for our newest book coming it out? Was, was. <laughs> Please do Go share. I'm, not, I'm like, you. maybe you mean that someone else's, but we do have a book <laughs> coming out all on that. So I guess we will just share about it. Actually, today is the first day that we're even telling people the name. Should I do a little drum roll? Okay, sure, drum roll. <laughs> <laughs> So the book is actually called The Argument Hangover, which is actually a term we coined to describe that period of time after a disagreement that lasts all the way up until you truly emotionally reconnect. Mm -hmm. And in that hangover, as you can kind of extract, you don't feel great about how you acted. Mm -hmm. You even maybe feel hurt by what they said or how they said it. You feel disconnected, even lethargic. You know, you're not even performing at your best in your work with your kids. And so the whole goal of the book is to shorten that argument hangover period. So couples can fight smarter, as we say, and communicate better and actually have more time of feeling connected, understood by each other. And we teach not to resist conflict because conflict can actually make you stronger, make you even more, um, understanding and actually innovation is birthed out of conflict, but couples usually don't stay in it long enough or have the tools to learn that lesson um, at the outset. Yep. So we just opened up again today. All of you are the first to really hear this. And so if you'd like to pre-order, we're actually making it worth your while to order it well in advance. And so you actually get $200 of pre-order bonuses, a whole conflict resolution course for free, a debrief and argument workbook for free, and it will be a Valentine's day event in February, 2021. So $200 of pre-order bonuses. If they all want to go to the argument hangover.com to pre-order and get those. Okay. The argument hangover.com. So awesome. Awesome. And then once they go to the argument hangover.com, they're able to see the places where they can pre-order the book, whether that's Amazon, Barnes and Noble or other stores. Exactly. And then they would just come back to the page to put their receipt number in and then they get access to the bonuses. Okay. So, so, so cool. Yay. We're excited right. for you guys. That's so a lot of, lot of work. Thank you. Yeah. I yeah. We're excited to get a copy too. Share with us about your first book so that our audience knows uh, what resources they can get right now. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, by the time they listen, they can get the argument hangover and the bonuses will be available. But our first book is The New Power Couple and was touching the foundation of how to have a thriving relationship. We go into physically, financially, spiritually, overcoming fear. And that is something that we give away for free on our website at meetthefreemans.com. We just have couples pay for shipping. So you could go and get your copy of that as well. The new power couple. Okay. Meetthefreemans.com. Get your free book, pay shipping. 
And then as soon as Argument Hangover comes out, what is what is the date that it's actually coming out? So it'll ship to you or you can pick it up at the store February 2021. Okay. But like we said, that we know that's a way out, which is why we're giving the, the course for free, uh-huh. workbook for free so that you can start to work on conflict even beforehand. Okay, mm-hmm. right on. Any other resources that you would recommend before we shift to uh, closing up here? Yeah, well... I think continuing to listen to your podcast. I mean, you guys are adding great value uh, to the community. So I would just say, keep listening to you two and, and really uh, the resources. I think that's a great place to start. Okay. Awesome. awesome. And um, you guys can also connect with the Freemans. They have a podcast as well. It's called uh, Empowered Couples. Yep. The Empowered Couples podcast. The Empowered Couples awesome. podcast. And um, they're on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, they already said their website. So you can look them up on all those platforms. Okay, so we're transitioning here. Um, Before we do our Dear Young Married Couple letter, um, for those who are listening, if you are enjoying what you're listening to, we would appreciate it if you left a little love note in a review and shared shared with us um, what you're enjoying. Uh, All those reviews and star ratings help the podcast reach many, many more couples. they really do. Okay, so this is how we close all of our podcasts. We're going to ask you guys to fill in the blank. Rewinding back to your first couple years of marriage. How long have you guys been married, by the way? Five years. Five years. Okay. So just thinking back to the beginning, um, what's some advice that you wish you would have received? And then fill in the blank, dear young married couple. Oh, that's good. Okay. Mine right there that just showed up. I'll just trust my intuition was, uh, dear young married couple, know that challenges are the greatest opportunity to grow and to embrace them and focus on what beautiful lesson there is for you in the relationship. Mm. Love it. Awesome. I'll go with dear young married couple first seek to understand before trying to be understood. So good. Good golden nuggets. People could get that. That could shorten so many arguments. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, this has been awesome, you guys. We appreciate you taking your time to pour into our tribe and um, just to share your expertise. And we're excited about folks grabbing your resources. We'll include the links to those in the show notes. Thank Thank you you so much. Thank you so much and having us on. Yeah, we're grateful for this budding friendship. Absolutely. (laughs) All right. Take care. Bye. All right, friends, we really hope that you got a ton out of today's conversation. And if you want help, if you want personal guidance with individual counseling or couples counseling, or even help with you as a couple reaching the goals you have, just reach out. Give us a call at 916-678-1797 or shoot us an email at hello at dearyoungmarriedcouple.com. No matter where you are in the world or in your marriage, we can set up a counseling session with you and we can work toward progress. We also post marriage advice regularly on our Instagram, which is at Dear Young Married Couple. And we'd love for you to join us in conversation there. All right. See you next week.